Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? And now our reading from Second Corinthians five sixteen through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteous of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in the third week of a new sermon series entitled, Now What? Two years into a pandemic, in the midst of a culture that is deeply divided, add to all of that that our hospitals and schools are now overwhelmed, add to that about 14 inches of snow, Add to that a few more inches today, and we want to ask that question too. Now, what? In the midst of all of that, it helps to know on what we can count. That come heck or high water, we don't know what's coming next. On what can we count? So we began our year and our sermon series with God. God, the one on whom we can count. And we read Psalm 136, which says over and over again, God's steadfast love endures forever. God's steadfast love endures forever. We said it in worship that day over and over. In fact, let's say it again. God's steadfast love endures forever. We put it in our calendars. We put it on a sheet of paper and stuck it on the refrigerator. We put it on our dashboard so that we will see it all year long. And then we said, now, with God as our foundation, what are our core values? In other words, what matters most, that come heck or high water, whatever happens this year, these are the things of which we will not let go. This will shape us, define us. This is who we are. As a church, we asked those questions several years ago. It was back in 2018 when Pastor Rob was here and in over 60 different conversations with over 500 people, we asked that question then, long before the pandemic ever started. What matters most at Ebenezer? 
and to you as individuals. And we heard the same three things over and over again. Relationship, discipleship, and community. That no matter what happens in the world, these three core values would define us, shape us, guide us, relationship, discipleship, and community. Let's say those together. Relationship, discipleship, and community. And so last week we began with relationship. And we focused on it. Which relationships? Our relationship with God. Our relationship with each other in the church. And our relationship with everyone. Neighbors out in the community. And we thought about a way to remember that one. We didn't plug that into our calendars. But we thought about how Jesus washes the feet. The dirty feet of every one of the disciples. And in that act gives us an example for what relationships are meant to be about. Humility, unity, and enacted love. We thought about what Jesus passes on to us before he dies as a towel that we might continue to live a life of service and love so that every time we see a towel, pick one up, use one, we will be reminded of how relationship matters and how God calls us to live into them together. Today we look at our second core value, discipleship. And so would you pray with me? Holy, holy God, you are good. And we give our lives to you. All of them. All of who we are, we lift to you. We want to be your disciples. Lord, this day, teach us more and more about discipleship, not only today and throughout our lives. And may the words of our mouths, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our Redeemer, our Savior, our refuge. And all of God's people said, Amen. When we think about discipleship, I want you to think about a mirror. When you look into a mirror, what do you see reflected there? What do you see in yourself? What are you mirroring, reflecting out into the world? When I look into a mirror, I see a lot of my family in there. I see my mother's eyes, her smile, her love for stories. I see my maternal grandmother's height or lack thereof, her kindness and her warmth. I see my paternal grandmother's knees, I got hers, and the way she always talked with her hands. I see both of my grandfathers, their satisfaction of working with their hands in the dirt or with wood. And I see my dad, his love for lists and math and design, his quiet thinking, and his wonder still at God's great love. In these many ways, I am a chip off the old block. 
And I see them so much in who I am. Why? Because we shared life together. We did life together. I watched how they walked, what they ate, where they went, how they interacted with people, and I paid attention whether I realized it or not. I took it all in, all that I saw them do and how I saw them live, and for better or worse, now I walk like them, talk like them, and act like them. And all but one of them have died. But I still see them in the mirror every single day. I learned from them how to live and am learning still. We all watch and learn from someone as we grow. We follow them around, ask them questions, listen to them, and become like them. Or wake up one day and decide we don't want to be who they've taught us to be and spend years unlearning it. The same is true of our children. They watch us, learn from us, take it all in for better or worse. And the day we see the worst in us repeated in our children is sobering. We wish we could get a do-over. The day we see the best in us repeated in our children is humbling. One of my friends jokingly says that her goal as a parent is that her children will need a little less therapy to get over childhood than she did. This pattern of learning from someone else is an old one. And it's how it works, not only with parenting and such, it's also how it works with faith. Learning from someone is part of what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a learner. It is the meaning of the Latin word discipulus, which is where we get the word disciple. It means a student, a pupil, a follower, one who is learning. The way I learned from my family is similar to the way a disciple learned from a rabbi in that first century culture. Jesus was a rabbi, and so he invited people to follow him, literally follow him, and do life with him together in community. Reverend Dr. Charles Hambrick Stowe calls this type of teaching full-bodied pedagogy, full-bodied instruction, It's a great way to sum it up. It's teaching by example, by word, by every moment together, by doing life together with someone. They left, disciples did, how they were living in order to follow after Jesus and learn how he was living and follow it and take it all in. Why do we do that? Why did they do that? Because they were learning to love Jesus, not only with their hearts, but also with their full-bodied lives, with all that they were. Can you imagine? I wish I'd been there. They sat with him, walked with him, listened to him, asked him questions. They could touch him. 
They saw what he ate and with whom, how he interacted, how he moved, what he chose, what he valued. They joked with him. They heard his stories and how he used them. They watched how he sneezed, how he laughed. They noticed what made him cry. They saw him heal and work to make people whole. They saw his miracles. They noticed how people who felt lost found a home in him. They felt him touch and wash their feet. They noticed the religious rules that he broke in order to include people others had excluded. And they watched him not meet the standards of the religious leaders of his day and suffer for it and get killed on a cross because of it. They saw him sacrifice his life for each and every one of them and for us who hadn't even been born yet. And out of all of this, they saw him bring new life out of that death. And the disciples took it all in and paid attention to it all so that when they would look in a mirror, they would see Jesus reflected there. And so that we would generations later know what it is to act like Jesus and walk like Jesus and go out of our way to love like Jesus. That's how it's passed down. So that we can be a chip off the old block too. Jesus told the disciples not only to be disciples, but to go and make some more. Discipleship is meant to be generative. It reproduces, it multiplies, often through full-bodied example. We learn by God's grace and from that example of others in our lives what it is to be a disciple. We love Jesus and believe in him and accept this gift of God in our lives Jesus saves us from sin and from ourselves and works to transform us one by one by one by one year after year after year from those disciples to us now. And now it's our turn. Like a family and parents and grandparents will pass on behaviors through words and shared living. The church is meant to do the same and it gets to be our turn now. We are to walk as Jesus walked, talk as Jesus talked and go out of our way to love like he loved in full-bodied examples, many chips off the old block walking around out there in the community and right where we live. It is the call of every disciple. And it sounds great, but it's not easy. Let's be honest, it is hard. I have a friend from a previous church who's in prison. Long story, but I remember him telling me that he's growing in faith even now in prison. And he said to me one time, I can't do this on my own, but Jesus can do it in me, so I'm going to let him no matter where I am. 
And so we can grow in our faith too, no matter what the challenges are in our lives. We can't do it, but Jesus can do it in us, and so we let him. It's hard to live out our faith. It asks something of us, no matter where we are. It changes us. It challenges us. Following a sacrificial Savior means that we will make sacrifices too. Jesus tells the disciples as much in the passage that Preston read for us today from Matthew's gospel. And Jesus says up front, out loud, and warns us that being one of his disciples will not be easy. If you want to follow me, he says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow. Let go of all the stuff that gets in the way. Pride, ego, status, thinking we've got it all figured out in order to let God be God. And Jesus says, learn to be like me. Or like John the Baptist says, let there be more of Jesus in who I am. Jesus will increase so that I need to decrease. Discipleship is a commitment, a messy daily commitment that changes us and so we're not the same person we used to be. Paul in our passage from 2 Corinthians describes some of that transformation. He says for instance that we won't even see people the way we used to. We won't judge them like the world does. We will see them as Christ does with eyes of compassion And in contrast to our currently very divided culture, we as disciples are called to work to bring together people and not polarize them or exacerbate and aggravate the divide. Reverend Andy Stanley says division is the enemy of the church. And disciples are given the work of reconciliation uniting people to God and each other. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday we celebrate this weekend, embodied with his non-violent, loving, and prophetic life. 2 Corinthians says we are to be ambassadors for Christ wherever we are, who are called to live and go out of our way to love like him and bring people together. We're given the work of reconciliation. And God is changing us in big and little ways so there's more of Jesus in us than there used to be. And when we look in the mirror, we'll see a lot of Jesus there. I'm reminded of a person I knew in a previous church I'll call him Pete. And I got to see every now and then as a pastor, we get that window to see Christ working in someone's life. And Pete had uh, two teenagers. The younger one, uh, his daughter was in middle school ministry there at the church. And the older one was in our high school student ministry. And those kids were growing in their faith by leaps and bounds. And Pete noticed And so they were actually ministering to him. And he signed up for one of our Bible studies. 
And then after that, he decided, well, he might just sign up for our adult mission trip to Appalachia that summer. And what a trip he picked to start on. I was on that trip too, and it was grueling. By the time we went to bed each night, we were dirty and exhausted. The beds were hard, and there were roaches crawling all around in the showers, dancing on the shower heads when we went in there every night, exhausted. And one morning, we stopped at a little convenience store to get some coffee on our way out to our next work site. And Pete pulled me aside and said, Pastor Emily, something is changing in me. Reading scripture and listening to sermons and watching my kids these last few years at church, God is changing me and my heart. Every time I spend $5 on a cup of coffee at Starbucks, I think about it now. I didn't used to think about it. I still get the coffee, but maybe two times a week instead of five. And I started putting the money I would have spent toward that so I can save money on things like this mission trip and be able to go. I can't believe he said I'm saving money to come out here and dodge roaches and sweat like this. But I am. And I love it. And I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. I love Jesus. Recommitted my life to him last year, but I didn't tell anybody. (laughs) Five years ago, I would never have thought that I would do that. I hear that little voice in the back of my head now about how I spend my money, how I raise my children, how I interact with people, and how every part of my life is a reflection of faith, even coffee. Who would have thought that? My children, he said, showed me that. I never thought about it before. I don't know what to do with it all the time, but at least I'm thinking and praying. I keep hearing Jesus in my head. I love that. What a privilege to get to hear it. What a picture of someone in the midst of transformation, in the midst of growing full-bodied discipleship and a life committed to Jesus Christ and being more and more like him and changes we can see in the mirror. What about you? If you looked in the mirror today, how is God working to change you from the inside out to be more and more like Jesus? How are you following him with your whole heart and life? And what do you see reflected there? Discipleship these last couple years has been hard. It's always hard, but these last couple of years, my goodness, it's been even harder. How do we grow as disciples in the midst of a pandemic when we can't even gather as church sometimes? Ebenezer, along with all churches, has had to adapt. So much has changed. We haven't had big events or sanctuaries jam-packed with people like we had a few years ago. Life has changed now. We've moved online. We met outside. Groups went to Zoom. We went out in the community, thank goodness. 
We had drive-through communion. Some of us have come back in the sanctuary. Some of us now worship online. Some of us are part of our Love Your Neighbor network out in the neighborhoods. And children, student, and adult ministries continue to shift as needed. And we showed up out in the community for first responders and county school bus drivers, for our neighbors and people in need to say last fall, we are for you. And we're here to represent the love of God from Ebenezer. We found new and familiar ways to serve and volunteer here at church in so many different opportunities and out in the missions and community. And we've had a resurgence in personal prayer time and devotional time at home. And new people last year professed their faith in Christ for the first time. And every time that happens, it's a wonderful celebration. By the grace of God, nothing has held us back. Someone told me last week that God's love is tangible here at Ebenezer. And they've needed that, especially these last couple of years. When discipleship is one of our core values, then we will focus on that, come heck or high water. No matter what happens in 2022, discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus Christ and growing and making other disciples will always be a core value. Discipleship matters when our context shifts the call does not and that will always be the case we're learning new ways to grow in our faith and share it with others and we want to share more with you this coming saturday when we gather for the state of the church and we'll share with you our revised vision for focus 2025 which is our short range and long range vision for the church We get to dream God's dreams for Ebenezer and to follow God into the future as disciples of Jesus Christ as God works with us in Ebenezer and through Ebenezer to reach a world in need of Jesus. Will we mess it up? Sometimes. Will it keep us from working at being disciples? No. Will there be days when we look in the mirror and see a whole lot more of ourselves and a lot less of Jesus? Yes. But we keep at it by the grace of God because discipleship matters. Those early disciples had trouble with it too. But notice the present tense in the word disciple. We are learners. We are learning. A disciple is not one who is complete or graduated or finished or has nothing new to learn or has nothing we need to unlearn. Jesus never gave up on those first disciples. And Jesus will never give up on us. If you read through past chapter 16 in the Gospel of Matthew and go all the way to the end and look at those last few verses in Matthew, 
you'll see that after all this time, when the disciples have walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, listened to him, followed him around, noticed what he ate and with whom, and did life with him, took it all in. Even now, after the crucifixion and after the resurrection, they're gathered with Jesus, and Scripture says some of them doubted. Even then. And Jesus commissioned every single one of them those who were believing, those who had questions, and said to them, now go and make disciples. Disciples are always learning. Disciples always have room to grow. May we be among them. And may we invite others to be disciples by the full-bodied way that we seek to model and pattern our lives after Jesus Christ, as we give ourselves to him over and over again, that he would be Lord of our lives. Before you head home today and get ready for the snow, look in the rearview mirror when you get in your vehicle. Or if you're joining us online, before that snow comes, go in the bathroom, look in the mirror today. What do you see mirrored there? What do you see when you look in the mirror? In what way is Jesus mirrored there? In what ways do you walk, talk, or act like Jesus and go out of your way to love? When others see you, may they see a disciple. And may Jesus be mirrored in you. And may we all be a chip off the old block together. Amen. And amen. And amen.